Nick Weber with Archer here for another Direct Connect, joined today by Brian Carr and Steve Parker, two of our other managing partners at Archer. Brian, Steve, how are you guys doing? Outstanding. Doing well, thank you. I don't believe either one of you. I'm doing great. All right. We <laughs> um, <laughs> believe that, right? Because we're going to talk about all kinds of different compliance programs, and everybody has their own regime they want to throw in there. So that's always a fun, really exciting, puts a smile on everyone's face. Um, kind of want to start <laughs> off with what, what are we normally seeing from the folks we work with? in the critical infrastructure space on compliance. You know, ideally, it's all build security for security's sake and doing the right thing, but not the case anymore. So what's, what's your favorite? Let's start with that. What's your favorite compliance regime of all the ones you've worked with yet? <laughs> that word favorite and compliance, favorite. I don't know if those two belong together. That's, uh, that's a bit of Which a one makes you uh, pull your hair out least? Brian, your beard? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm done with that, so... Uh... <laughs> Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know for me, any of them rise to the top, say cream of the crop, uh, whatever metaphor we want to use, you know, obviously there's lots of masters to be served, right? Um, whether it's, you know, at the federal or state level, um, you know, even, even municipal level, there's, there's so many different, like you said, everybody wants to throw their own flavor to it. Um, you know, and how to protect, you know, critical facilities or critical systems. Um, that's, that's actually a really hard question to answer. I don't know if Steve has a better answer than I do, but I don't no, know. No, I was, I was hoping you'd, uh, you'd answer that one for me and I could just kind of hide, lurk in the background here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't know. Steve loves you know, all of his children equally. Uh, yes. Oh, I, yes. I, I do totally. They're all different, but, uh, I, I love them all the same, but, uh, no, I mean, you, you know, to your, you kind of let off Nick to your point on, uh, you know, lots of different masters, you know, lots of different compliance regimes out there and all that sort of thing. Um, I can't point to a single program that I've seen that I would say, hey, this one's really, you know, you know, a cut above the rest. But as a general attitude, a general approach, and you know, I think we'll, we'll talk more about this uh, uh, on the discussion today. But, you know, how do you build a program that can meet any any and all compliance? Uh, that overarching program that you then map down to all the, uh, the sub requirements that you're going to get, uh, different regulators and such. Um, and there seems to be kind of an emergence of that of that thought process. I don't know if anyone's nailed it yet, but that thought mm -hmm. process of we can't do these all as one-offs. We need that comprehensive overall program. Yeah, and then and then and then sprinkle in the flavor of the day, right? I mean, there's whatever you know. Your executive goes and attends a conference. There's always a great example Nick always gives. You know, and go attend some conference, and there's a bunch of bunch of FUD from one of the speeches or whatever, and they come back like, oh my gosh, we have to do this and this and this. And so not only do you have to try and manage uh, these various aspects, but then, you know, you get just wild things thrown in there where somebody has this crazy idea or, oh, we really need to do this, and it, it's not exactly in line with, with what's going on. So Yeah, blockchain. Block, or no, wait, that was yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Was it zero, zero Trust? Is that still a thing? Or are we yeah, having Zero Trust. Yeah, now it's, uh, is it artificial intelligence or... Do, right. you, do you trust the AI or do you give zero trust to the AI? Skynet. <laughs> Micro-segmented zero trust AI to implement blockchain or something. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So we yeah, didn't answer the always, question, Nick. I mean, always fun. No, that was, that was a good answer. dodge there. You guys are all set. You're ready for DC now. <laughs> So I, just to step back and say, okay, what, 
what do we see out there in the infrastructure space? I say of NERC that we're all intimately familiar or Stockholm syndrome with, uh, FERC dams uh, safety, which we see um, growing, yep. um, TSA pipeline, which is still kind of in the fact finding, but we know it's it's going to eventually turn into a fully enforced regime. Um, the CFATS, the Chemical Facility Anti-Terrorism Standards, that's been around for man, 15 years now, 20. Been around for a while. Um, then you get into some of the, the SOX, um, GDPR, if you're doing stuff internationally, um, PCI. There's just so many things we start getting into privacy that are security related. Um, that's another piece is where do you draw this chalk line between what's security and what's something else? Um, what are the other ones you're seeing out there? I've heard some rumblings about TSA rail. I haven't been exposed to it yet, but. Yeah, I mean, on the on the state level, there's, you know, there, I think there were several that that have taken some steps in California being probably top of that list a, a couple of years back. Um, you know, they've, they've put in some measures and, and some, some requirements that, you know, aren't terrible. Um, but just, I, I guess from my just recent experience, just been working with a, a client right now with, you know, dam safety and kind of going through some of that, that the, the cyber side of dam safety is kind of interesting. It, it, mirrors or, or draws a lot from uh, from SIP, you, you know, a lot of the requirements or questions they ask and things like that are, are very, very in line with, with the SIP standards. Um, you know, the physical side of it obviously is, is pretty involved, um, you know, much more towards the SIP 14 approach in some aspects um, with the security plans and that. So uh, that one, that one I see, you know, more emphasis on that, um, you know, in the coming years. Um, the TSA rail you mentioned, yeah, I saw, I saw, I don't remember the article, but there was, there was some mention of, and maybe it was just a foreshadowing or trying to predict what what may be coming. Um, but I think water is another big one that's that's going to come down the pipeline. Can I say that? Yeah. So, you know, we can see, we can see kind some of additional pipeline. water regulations again. Is that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that is that at the uh, you know, the state or federal level, I think, I think we're going to see a lot more states stepping in um, because the federal side may be moving too slow, you know, or doesn't, obviously doesn't understand their state and their situation. So I can see a lot of that on the state side. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll jump in on the states. You know, the, the, there's a lot of activity going on right now within, within various states. Interestingly, the federal government is pushing the states to regulate critical infrastructure in particular. Uh, we saw that as part of the national cybersecurity strategy that came out of the White House earlier earlier this year. Um, we're, you know, in in our sector, particularly in the electric subsector, uh, states are interesting because some utilities operate in multiple states, and so you're likely going to have a situation where uh, you have differing requirements for the same business operating unit across state lines. Whereas, you know, with, with NERC and TSA and, and, and water, you can have different operating areas that have different regulators and different requirements, and that's one thing. But to have different requirements on essentially the same infrastructure, just because you've crossed a jurisdictional, you know, a geographic jurisdictional boundary, that, that makes things interesting as well. So that the states, um, it's, it's, it's a, a place to watch, right? There's a lot going on right there and a lot of different approaches being taken. Well, not to get too policy wonk on you, Steve, there, but do you think there's a chance you see the feds make a push for that distribution infrastructure under the guise of interstate commerce rather than looking at the state? 
do you see the utilities maybe pushing for it? And anything is possible. I think it's unlikely because that that boundary of jurisdiction between the states, uh, particularly in, on the power grid, uh, the states and the feds has been very, very strong. Um, and there's been a lot of resistance to test the boundaries, so to speak. Um, we're seeing some of it with, with DER. You know, DER uh, blurs the line between distribution and the bulk transmission. Uh, you can have, uh, you know, not far from my house, there's a, I think it's about a 12 megawatt or maybe a five megawatt solar array which is connected into the essentially the, the distribution system, sub sub transmission system, perhaps, um, which presumably would be a state jurisdiction. Uh, but in the aggregate, those things roll up and they they can affect the bulk electric system, which brings in you know potential FERC jurisdiction. So there's that. Um, there's also you know an effort. Uh, it's it's public knowledge, but it's not you know the details aren't public. I don't I don't believe. Um, but there's an effort going on right now with NARUC which is the trade association for the state regulators uh, in conjunction with the Department of Energy to build out some sort of a model or a framework for state regulation. Uh, it would be a guidance document for the states to follow. Um, you know, that's in process right now. So the goal there is to bring some consistency, but states being what they are, you know, you're never going to have perfect consistency. Um, might have some things that are similar, but every state is going to be a little bit different. They're going to have different priorities, different approaches, different you know biases and how they want to approach things. So I, I don't think we'll get to a point where we have perfect consistency across the states. The feds will probably not take over, but they will probably push to try to, to bring some measure of consistency, even though it will never be perfect. And yeah, that's one of the things I'd look at if I were at one of these IOUs, investor-owned utilities particularly, that, that span multiple states. I look at mine in particular. It serves three different states that are very different when it comes to regulation. One that has never met a regulation that didn't love. Another that opposes any regulation whatsoever. And then one that's kind of in the middle. Um, trying to manage through that would just be a nightmare, I feel like. And then I feel like that's fairly common, in, at least in the WEC footprint, just the way the state's and the, politically, the way things are these days, where there's just a hard line once you get off the coastal states to the next ones in the Mountain West. And so many of those utilities sp or span that bound. That would be yeah. nice to have something at the federal level. Kind of interesting to see EPA shifted over the water one getting involved um, in the security regulation. That one shocked me. I knew they were always involved in water with the, some of the water purity and water safety things. Um, sounds like they've really kind of taken up what I think was kind of an ask from AWWA, which is the water, one of the water trade associations, to please regulate them. Um, one of the things when I was at Homeland Security was everybody looked at, oh, energy has the money because they're regulated. So they have a mandate to go charge more. How much is your water bill versus your power bill? Or water, water gets pennies compared to dollars for, for energy and security. So I think that was an interesting one to see EPA jump in. Hopefully, they're a little bit less heavy-handed than they were, at least early on, with some of the this, uh, purity components. I remember doing a security assessment out of the Portland Water Bureau back when I was at Homeland Security, and they actually had to make the water less pure to meet the APA standards than when it came off of Mount Hood. So, Hopefully, their security doesn't follow the same route where yeah. they make it less secure in the name of security. <laughs> Wouldn't be yeah, the first you, time. You should unlock that door to meet our standards, right? Yeah, I think that... I agree with you on the EPA one. That was that was interesting, and I, you know, can't help but wonder if there's, you know, some angle there with, uh, 
with the water group that, you know, it was they were a known quantity to them, as opposed to having somebody else who had no experience or familiarity with water, you know, coming in and trying to regulate whether it was DHS or anybody else. Um, maybe they're like, hey, let's pick these guys because we know them and, you know, we've worked with them for years. But that, again, just introduces another layer, per, you know, potentially complexity. Uh, we have a lot of, obviously, a lot of clients, a lot of utilities around the, around the country that also have their own, you know, water uh, right. utility as well under that same umbrella. So there's another layer of potential complexity with a different, completely different uh, regulatory body um, yep. that a lot of these municipalities now have to now have to layer over their current program. Yeah, that was that'll be interesting. I think it is kind of the devil you know they they went with on that rather than trying to train somebody what water yeah. is. Um, Steve, what other ones are you seeing <laughs> that are coming out that might be kind of a surprise there? Um, you know, going back to the federal level, uh, obviously, you know, we've seen TSA making moves. And you just mentioned EPA. So some of the, the regulatory agencies are moving into their sectors. There's the overarching uh, performance goals that DHS has put out or CES has put out. Um, and those are getting play in a lot of areas. So if you want to know the kinds of things that might get asked or required of you, looking at those performance goals, I think would be a good, good place to look at. Um, reporting. You know, we're, we're hearing, uh, I think, some of the legislation around reporting is getting moved through Congress. And so, um, you know, mandatory reporting of events, whatever, or, or incidents, whatever, whatever those may be, however they're defined or whatever the thresholds may be. Um, I think we're going to see that as well. And, um, you know, they're, you know, being a little forward looking, supply chain is obviously a big topic. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see some attempt to put some sort of regulations on the supply chain. I think it'll, it'll be challenging legally to do that, but I think there's probably a desire um, to put some sort of controls on what is going into critical infrastructure. I, I don't know how that'll be done, but I think there'll be a desire in an effort to do that. Curious to see if they'll do kind of what what FERC and DHS and DOE really pushed 10, 15 years ago to try to re-onshore some of the manufacturing um, back when they did the transformers and try to get more of the transformers built in the U.S. again. If they'll do something similar with a lot of those components, it can be done. It just you you pay for it. Yeah, everything can be done. It's at what cost, right? And mm -hmm. exactly, will will the market bear that, or yeah, will the customer bear that? So with all these different regulations, and we've covered a whole bunch, and I'm sure there's a dozen more we couldn't even comprehend right now that'll be here next week. For uh, for the folks we work with every day who are trying to manage all of this day in and day out and meet their their internal stakeholder needs. How do you build for that? Is it possible or is that just another another thing to throw onto the bingo card of blockchain, AI, et cetera, et cetera? Um, do you just keep playing whack-a-mole? Can you use risk? Do you try to just build a good security program? Any thoughts on how to how to build for that without going nuts? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I think foundationally, <laughs> foundationally trying to build that, that security program, um, uh, you know, every, every utility's different, special, whatever you want to say, you know, to some degree, um, you know, as we talked about some of the bigger IOUs and that span multiple states. So there's, there's some uniqueness there, but I think you've got to build kind of that core fundamental security program. Um, is it possible to manage all of them in, in one, you know, with one broad brush? I don't, I don't think so. Unfortunately, I think from a, even from a documentation standpoint, from a reporting standpoint, from, uh, you know, there's so many different ways that each of these regulations and regulatory bodies want things that I don't see, I just don't see it possible. So 
to stay away from maybe the whack-a-mole side of things, I mean, there's, there's got to be, at least internal to your organization, something, you know, that's governing all of those or attempting to, to kind of wrangle those and be an umbrella to, to all the regulations. But, yeah, it, it's not a cookie cutter. It's not just stamp and repeat uh, across any of those. They're all unique. They all have you know, their own unique requirements and reporting. So trying to, trying to have that holistic view, um, you know, of it and, and understand what are those differences. I think that's probably the best you can do. But unfortunately, it's, there's still going to be that whack-a-mole approach, which is, again, very resource intensive. You never know what's coming down the pipe. You never know, you know, what, what's, what curveballs come around and say, oh, wow, we, you know, we were looking, we're focusing in this area and now we've, we've got a shift and focus in another area. Maybe that's, that's one of the big messages then is, is being able to, to shift and pivot if you need to. Um, I know a lot of compliance programs are very deeply rooted, like this is how we do it. It's the only way we do it. We're never doing it any different because this has worked. Um, I don't know that that approach is, is going to be effective going forward. You're going to need to be able to, you know, pivot and adjust and, you know, kind of kind of make those calls, uh, I won't say on the fly, but they're going to come much more rapidly. Regulation's been very slow, um, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot more things moving. It's going to require you to also have to move much more quickly. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with Brian that you know you're not going to be able to do a one size fits all sort of approach, but uh, I will I will temper that a little bit and counter him perhaps a bit. I, I think the, yeah. the programmatic elements I think can to a large degree be be commonized, common commonalized, yeah. caramelized like onions. I don't yeah. know something like that. Yeah, now you're making me hungry. <laughs> um, it, and I, I think you need to. You know, you can't have a standalone one off compliance program for every regulation that is out there. Um, so those, you know, the, the oversight, the way you approach oversight, the way you approach the, the, the procedural, the governance aspects of it, um, I think that can be largely one size fits all, uh, where you're going to get differentiation and where you're going to have challenges is in mapping your higher level, you know, controls and, and processes, procedures down to the specific requirements. Um, some of the things that to consider scope is going to be different there, you know, NERC SIP has some very specific scope. And there's certain things that apply to NERCSIP that you really can't generalize. Uh, asset identification being one of them, right? Uh, the very specific definitions, very specific types of assets and facilities um, that cannot be applied broadly across an organization. Um, technical details, uh, you know, just looking between TSA and, and NERC on a common thing such as patching. Uh, NERC has some very specific timelines. Uh, TSA allows more of a risk-based approach. And so there's going to be differences there. Can you get to a common denominator or a uh, you know high watermark on those? In some cases, perhaps. In other cases, you're going to have some things that 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 varies. So you have you have to look at that. Um, you know, just the general depth, breadth, nature of requirements. Some are programmatic. Some are very uh, detailed at the technical level. So I think you got to look at each one individually. Look for areas where you can come up to that high watermark or a common denominator. Um, and do the same thing across the enterprise, uh, but acknowledge that there's going to be some that you have to, you know, say, hey, this is a one-off for this area, for this device, for this program, for this process, for this operating unit, um, and then have that common area to map them back up to a centralized governance and oversight. I think that's the that's the key you just hit on there, Steve. It's trying to map what you've already got to what you have to do. I think that's the thing I see so many of the compliance groups maybe miss on that because they jump right into what they think needs to be done rather than stepping back and, and doing a true gap analysis. 
what do we have versus what do we really need to do, not what do we think we need to do. Um, and that's where it's helpful sometimes to get that outside perspective, whether it's a peer share or hiring an external resource to, to kind of ground truth and challenge some of your assumptions that you live every day. Uh, but I think if you can really break that down and focus your, your different security teams, whether it's cyber, physical, personnel, information, privacy, you name it, let them focus on what they do and make sure they understand what deliverables you need for each different compliance requirement or regime and build their security around that. I think that's going to be as close as you're going to get to that one ring to, to rule them all. Any closing thoughts around the horn there? Enjoy your summer break and try to protect, try to leave your cell phone at home. I know when I was at Grant, I always tried to go somewhere with no cell coverage. I won't tell you where I'd go, but yeah, up in the remote mountains I mean, of North Idaho. <laughs> I know a guy up there. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's hiding. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a constant, I won't say battle, but there's, you know, to your point, Nick, about just getting away for a little bit, you know, making sure that you take, take the time that you need for yourself because it, it really, in the compliance world, in the security world, it can be all-consuming, right? And I think we've, we've all been there. Uh, you know, various times and in, in various positions in our careers and, and it can be all consuming. So don't don't forget to pause and, you know, take a few minutes for yourself and um, and ask for help. I mean, honestly, that's that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, internally I've been in organizations that just continually argue about certain things or there's no progress or there's, you know, there's just nothing actually moving. They're not moving that needle. Um, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help again, whether it's a peer share, whether it's, you know, independent third parties, whatever you bring in, but somebody to kind of get you off of that, that group think or that stalemate, whatever it is, um, that, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Cause can't tell you how many times we've stepped into an organization, you know, in, in our capacity and, uh, settled some longstanding three-year argument that they've been having, you know, or there was this, this disagreement, you know, and, and they're like, Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. That, that just cleared it up. We've been, you know, struggling internally for three years about this particular topic and making a call. And, um, you know, sometimes it is that easy. It's not always that way, but, but you're uh, still something yeah, of a legend help. at my last yeah. employer there during the audit, when everybody was arguing about <laughs> what the data request meant for half a day and you stepped in, no, it's this, it's a two minute answer. <laughs> so the legend read of, between the lines a little bit, there's, there's they sp <laughs> spoken hushed terms of Brian Carr and Paul Bunyan, one in the same. <laughs> I don't know if that's legend status, but, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it worked out. It worked out reading between the lines a little bit, you know, Steve, you got any parting thoughts? No, I'll just say, you know, kind of, uh, I'll kind of mirror your comments a little bit, Brian, about not getting too, not getting too worked up about this. Um, I would say, you know, pursue perfection, but don't expect perfection. I think you have to really focus on continuous improvement. Keep keep moving that bar, so to speak. Move, move the line forward. Continuous improvement, and and understand and recognize that you know you're never going to be perfect as an organization. And I think that some of the compliance, some of the regulators are starting to understand that, and they're kind of building in that that concept uh, into the into the standards that you know, hey, you can have a glitch here and there. We want to make sure we catch it and we fix it and correct it, but not necessarily expecting perfection um, at all times out of the box. So give yourself a, give yourself a little slack. Um, understand that you know you're going to have some glitches just keep trying to get better um enjoy the summer uh there are no compliance emergencies i think i can say that some people may disagree but 
the no compliance emergency. So uh, take care of yourself. Enjoy the summer and uh, come back in the fall and uh, refreshed, renewed, and be prepared to move forward and get better. One last bonus question for each of you. Where is the next place people are going to be able to catch you out in, out in the public, out in the wild? What's the next event you're headed to? Brian, Doe Show's over, so what is it? Yeah, well, it would have been the Doe Show, but um, uh, may make an appearance at uh, Energy Set Conference. Still, still trying to figure that one out. Uh, if not, it would be San Diego uh, in the fall for the WEC Conference. That might be the next one uh, we'll, we'll make an appearance at. Who knows? There might be something in between, but those are the, those are the next two on coming on mind right now. How about you, Steve? Obviously, Energy Sec, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying as much time this summer at home working on the garden and other other household projects. Uh, my next travel will actually be the Energy Sec Summit, so I'll be down in Disneyland, and I'm California, uh, July 17th through 19th. Hope to see you all there. And I'll be at Energy Sec, and then also at GSX down in Dallas with ASIS in September, and after that, everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining, kind of guys. Up, it's been another... Yeah, it does. It hit the fall, the fall circuit. So... All right. Well, yeah. take care, everyone. It's been another good direct connect. Hope you enjoyed. If you need anything, don't feel, don't be afraid to reach out. Take care. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you later. Thanks, guys. Take care. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at ArcherU. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, you can head on over to our website at archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, and at Archer SEC on Twitter. Thanks for listening and check back every other week for brand new episodes of Direct Connect.